All right, welcome back everybody to another episode of Cuatro Cuatro Dos once again. This is your boy Christian, and today we, of course, like every single episode, we'll be talking about the Houston Dynamo, and I don't know, maybe about other stuff that's going on in the world. Who knows? There's a lot of soccer going on. Uh, Mbappe just uh, missed a penalty not too long ago, and that was like at the end of, well, not the end of the career, but you know, it was a significant significant career moment for him, I, I believe. I don't know. I think everybody thought France was one of the favorites to win this Euro Cup, um, but I get I guess not anymore, right? So I think it might be coming home. So according to to all the English uh, men and women out there. But yeah, man, uh, but before we talk about, uh, well, I guess we can just go ahead and talk about international soccer. So if you hear me chewing, I have a big ass bag of uh, grapes that I'll probably be munching on, on the, you know, while I do the podcast, which is probably terrible podcasting. But, you know, who, who cares? You know, we're all here. We're all having fun. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, man, Elder Cup. Here, let me pull it up. I have an iPad right next to me that belongs to my wife. So I'm going to go ahead and Eurocopa 2021. We'll go Spanish. But uh, some of the games, uh, I think Monday was probably the craziest uh, day for games when it came to the Euro Cup. Uh, We had... uh, uh, Spain and Croatia, they went at it. Um, it was very interesting because um, at one point in time, you thought Spain was going to... Actually, I thought you know, Spain it was already... They were up 3-1. And um, and then Croatia came back and, and tied up the game. And then, obviously, Spain kind of, you know, on that extra time, kind of just took it and ran with it. And they scored two more goals in Croatia. Who, Croatia, I mean, if you guys remember, they came out, you know, in second place. They lost uh, to... Was it France that they played against in the in the in the last World Cup? I believe so, right? Um, so Croatia, obviously, they have a pretty good team. Well, I guess not a pretty good team, but an okay team. Um, and then, so everybody thought, whoa, 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 ain't nobody watching Netflix. But and then we had a Switzerland, France, which I don't know if you guys remember. I don't know if. Where I said it or where I posted it, but I am actually, um, I'm Switzerland is my team. I'm, I picked Switzerland to win the whole thing. I, of course, I know they are they are not a superpower. They're literally like the complete underdog of underdogs in this whole tournament. Like I don't think there's any other team that could be worse than Switzerland when it comes to like you know names and even the size of the country like it's super tiny and stuff like that but obviously the reason I don't know if you guys remember but I did an episode a long time ago where I talked about how I had just figured out that my heritage I guess can you say my heritage or my last name comes from Switzerland in a in a like in a the southern region of Switzerland and uh, and I had started following that team of that region, FCC on, and and a whole bunch of other stuff. So obviously, I don't know. I now I'm a whole Swiss type of guy, um, and you know I I don't know. I just got enamored with with that. Not not even the culture. It's just with that part of the country. That country. I don't know. I just thought it was cool that I I was able to figure out after thirty almost thirty years of my life 
where the heck my name comes from and, and all that family lineage and all that good stuff, right? So Switzerland took France all the way to penalties. Everybody thought they were going to get murdered. Everybody thought they were going to get murked. Uh, even France, I believe, that after Pogba scored that badass goal, uh, upper 90 from outside the box, I think everybody... You know, everybody thought that it was over. You know, that was that was the end of of the little country of Switzerland, and it was just another, like you know, cone on the road for France. But France thought wrong, man. Uh, Switzerland came back, you know, gave them a fight all the way to penalties, and then they they beat them. The last penalty, who was you know, given to the young, uh, future. I guess he's not even a future star. He's already a star, but. Kylian Mbappe uh, unfortunately missed his penalty, and you know that that was it. The rest is history. And then we also had um, the previous day, if I'm not mistaken, it was Belgium Portugal. Uh, Belgium beat Portugal one zero. Then the Czech Republic beat Netherlands two zero. That maybe a lot of people had the Netherlands, you know, a little bit going a little farther. And then uh, today we had England. Today, as in Tuesday, we had England beat out Germany. A, a German team that a lot of people don't see it as like the strong German teams that they're used to. But also, a, a English team that, you know, happens to have like... It's probably one of their best teams that they have ever had as a country. So everybody obviously is excited. Um, they have the... They're saying, you know, it's coming home, it's coming home. So I think England, you know, right now, I think they're actually playing. Um, who are they playing? Because Switzerland is playing Spain. So I'm guessing they're playing Ukraine because Ukraine beat Sweden 2-1. Um, so my guess is, is that they're playing against each other. <clears throat> I might be wrong, but let's see. Yeah, they're playing Ukraine. So Friday at 11 a.m., we have uh, Switzerland, Spain. Uh, also Friday at 2 p.m. We have Italy, Belgium. Um, Saturday, uh, 11 a.m. Czech Republic, Denmark. And then Saturday, 2 p.m. Uh, Ukraine versus England. So those those are going to be badass games. Uh, I think the probably the most competitive one is going to be Italy, Belgium. Just because of the names and stuff like that. Um, and obviously, Italy has a chip on his shoulder for not going to the last World Cup. And England over here is trying to win it all. So, I think it's going to be fun. I actually want to go watch the England game with like a bunch of English dudes. I I, I think as of English dudes and Argentinian dudes being, being pretty much alike. The way that they like live and love the sport. So, I think it would be cool to go watch it with a bunch of British dudes. British dudes drinking uh, beer and stuff like that. So if you know where to to go watch all these games, uh, just you know leave it on the comments. Let me know where you're gonna go watch. I'm a, I, I mean I think I work that day, Saturday, but it will be cool to be able to maybe catch I don't know the final or something like that. But you know we'll see we'll see what's up. Um, other than that. The Copa America also is being played. Um, Lionel Messi, it's, I don't know if you guys saw the game against Bolivia. Of course, you know, it was against Bolivia. You know, nothing against Bolivians, but they're not known for having a really good team. So, they kind of had it easy. 
Anyway, it was a 4-1 win. But Messi, basically, if you guys saw it, he, uh, first five minutes of the game, he put a perfect pass between two defenders. A little, you know, a little quick ball through to Acuna, or I think it was Acuna or El Papu Gomez. And basically, it that actually, funny enough, I was watching that game with my mom. Um, and we started talking, or not started talking, but I mentioned to my mom that stuff like that is the reason why people think Lionel Messi is probably the greatest player to have ever played the sport. Or, or you know, amongst the one or, you know, the top five players to have ever, like, played the sport. You know... I love like the, you know, a lot of people, obviously I'm not, I play soccer, I'm not the greatest out there, you know, I'm not like, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo in the flesh or something, but you know, I appreciate really good soccer, I appreciate soccer that, you know, that involves like a lot of thinking, a lot of like touching, a lot of uh, moving the ball, a lot of moving without the ball in your feet, you know, stuff like that. I appreciate when players play the game, you know, way beyond of what you see or or or, because a lot of people think like the game is like simple which it is you know the game the game of soccer is a simple game basically all you got to do is put a ball inside a box you know that's the basics of it right but when you start incorporating taxes when you start incorporating like the vision of the game runs you know the way that people should play or people where they should play or way should they move how they should expect the ball, how they should receive a ball, how they should, you know, have how like touch, what should be their first touch when receiving a ball. Like all those little things, all those little details, that is what makes me a lover of the sport. It's not like the fancy, I mean, obviously I love Ronaldinho, but it's not like the fancy footwork or it's not the fancy like finishes or it's not the power or you know like Roberto Carlos you know free kick against France going you know outside the wall to come back in and being able to hit the ball perfectly with your outside of the foot you know as we say in Spanish tres dedos so you can like literally swing around swing around a wall or having the finesse of you know putting a free kick in the freaking upper 90 you know from outside the box you know those little things are like they're great, but it's like when you start going beyond of what a player can do of like, I don't know if you guys ever seen the, the there's a, like if you watch videos of Juan Roman Riquelme, who happens to be my favorite player of, of ever, um, there's a, there's a pass that he makes, if you can count it as a pass even, that he doesn't even touch the ball. So the ball comes to him. And he has his back to the goal, and he like swings his feet, swings he swung his foot, like he's gonna kick it, but he let the ball run through like like through his side, and then the ball goes through the legs of of the opponent player and into the feet of one of his own players, and just the vision of having the notion like the notion of where your players are standing, where the defenders are going to be standing. What you can do to fake out a player is just like the little beautiful things of of like the sport that make you like just wanna I don't know play and just do the same things and try to imitate and and just do all that you know I'm the lover of that that's why I, I watch the sport you know to watch you know Pogba like 
make a beautiful tackle and make a beautiful pass. Um, uh, Conte, I think it is, uh, the defender for France, like literally watching move without the ball. Like if you ever paid attention, the way that he moves without the ball is like beautiful because he is always there when you need him. Like defensively and when you attack, and it's just beautiful because like not not pe- people don't think like that. People don't think about playing soccer without the ball on your feet, you know. And, and it's hard because you obviously play soccer with the ball, but what are you doing without the ball on your feet? And those are like the true questions of like it's literally like adding philosophy into the sport of soccer. In my head, I don't know, but Copa America after the big ass rant about philosophy in the sport. Um, the quarterfinals for the Copa America are already set as well. So we're going to have Friday also. We have, um, actually this Friday coming up. Shit. Uh, is it this Friday? Yeah. The second, we have, um, Brazil, Chile, who, Chile is always a, a tough team to play against. Um, we have also on Friday, we have Peru, Paraguay. Um, the unfortunate thing about Paraguay is that they they have lost to injury uh, Almiron. So if you guys follow MLS at all, Almiron, Almiron, or whatever the fuck you call him. Uh, Almiron played for uh, Atlanta, and, now, and then he was sold to Newcastle. And literally, he's a great player. But it sucks that, you know, Paraguay lost him because he's literally their best player. And then they're saying that Peru is like the revelation of the tournament. Like they have been really, really good. So I, I still haven't seen them play, but uh, it, it's going to be an interesting uh, matchup, Peru Paraguay, for sure. And then on Saturday, you have, uh, of course, Argentina, and we're playing uh, Ecuador. Um, I don't know how hard it's going to be, but I know that a lot of people didn't want to play Ecuador because, you know, physically they are very strong. And um, and I don't know, they're just like a physical team. You know, maybe they're not the best with the ball on their feet, you know, as a, as a Lionel Messi or as a, I don't know, Aguero or whatever. But they're a very physical team, so obviously they're going to be tough to beat. And then on the other leg, you have uh, Uruguay versus Colombia, who, of course... I mean, every team in South America are freaking tough, in my opinion. So, literally the best eight are playing the game. The only ones that were left out were Venezuela and um, and Bolivia, who historically have been the weakest. So, it just kind of makes sense. Yeah, not disrespect, but it makes sense. Uh, then also we have Copa Oro that starts. Um, the Gold Cup. Oh shit! Hold on. Uh, but that one actually starts with like a pre, pre matchups. Um. But whatever, we'll get to them later. But basically, they start with pre matchups to finish off um, what is going to be the group stages, and then by mid July, they're gonna they're like like I think July tenth or so. Yeah, July 10th, that's when the group stages uh, start. So, obviously, there's going to be more episodes between there, now and there. So, I will be talking about Copa Auto later on. If not, you can also check out Rudy and his brother Rodrigo with the Crossing Soccer Borders. And this is where we make the stop. 
you're at minute 16. And we move on forward to, um, I did that stop on purpose because you have the, probably the commercials going there. But we'll talk about the Dynamo. Um, I don't have anything written down. Um, it's just kind of hard, you know, with me. Like, I, I literally moved next week out of my apartment. So I got every, like, a bunch of shit everywhere. So. Um, I just, you know, I'm not really paying attention. Um, not, not paying attention, but I'm not like, I have my stuff everywhere. So I got most of my, uh, geez, I can't breathe. I have like a lot of my podcasting stuff in a box. So right now I'm doing stuff out of my phone and, um, just kind of keeping it basic until I, you know, we get the new place or whatever, and then we can just go full on, um, Full on podcasting mode, and then you know, pull out the good, the good stuff. But um, but when it comes to the Dynamo, there's a bunch of shit going on. Uh, for example, Teenage Habidi has been officially signed to the Houston Dynamo, so of course we have another center back that could possibly be um, part of the squad starting. Um, he's probably gonna miss this game, well, of course, because he's already too soon. Because he still has to like quarantine and do all that shit. Uh, so he'll probably be available to play if you know if he gets a start. Would you know it's gonna be the next game? Um, but here, let's go to HoustonDynamo.com.org. Actually, it's HoustonDynamoFC.com. And let's go ahead and go to. I'll just stay right there. But um, teenage Habibi, Hadibi, Hadibi, uh, sign. He is technically a DP because of I think it goes by the money. So, of course, as we all know, the MLS has a bunch of these weird ass rules that nobody else has in the world. You know, with the with all the uh, gam and Pam and Lamb and just a bunch of acronyms for money that they have. Um, which I'm not going to sit here and explain because I don't even understand it myself. And to be completely honest, I don't think Tab Ramos understands it either. So I think we're on the same boat because he's always talking about how uh, he has to um, talk to um, Matt Jordan about it. So I don't feel that bad about it. He, and he played in the league. I'm, imagine if, if if he hasn't, if he didn't. Also, uh, because Marco Marriage had a great, um, great two games against Portland and against Riosa Lake, uh, he got called to uh, Team of the Week. So another shout out to the great men in the back, Marco. I mean, a lot of people give him shit sometimes. He did, you know, make a few mistakes in the past, but I think I I, I don't know if I said it here or or where I said it, but I think Marco could be easily like. If he keeps, you know, working the the way that he's working on 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 his skills and on his foot skills and all that, you know, he could easily become one of the best uh, goalkeepers in the MLS, and and that's and that's only saying like and and I haven't even seen a bunch of the other goalkeepers, but I think the way that he, I mean, obviously it's not good that your goalie, you know, works so much because that means that your defense is sucking. Whoa, my voice is going everywhere. But um, it's it's good for him because it, you know it's showing 
the world basically that you know he's a good keep, he's a good goalkeeper and he's still young he's only like 24 25 years old so you know he's at his prime and and you know if he keeps you know playing the way he's playing god knows where he's going to end up you know obviously we we know that the Dynamo is not going to be his last stop but you know it will be cool to see him grow and and become you know i don't know who knows you know the I think he he's uh, registered as Croatian, so it would be cool or Austrian. It would be cool, if, you know, for him to have an opportunity with a national team. I think it would be cool. Um, I'm not gonna talk about the games. I think they're all been pretty shitty, in a way. Uh, we have been playing games, you know, like two half games, you know, which sounds retarded when you say it like that, because we all know that the games are two halves. But the Dynamo have been playing literally one half one way and the other half they just like, you know, how about we don't play anymore? Like, let's just the other team, let, let them play. And and obviously when it comes to, if you're going to play like that, obviously you're not going to get much anywhere. Which is very surprising because given the fact that we are like, right now we're sitting on sixth place if I'm not mistaken. Which... Let me see. Bro, give me the table, my guy. Um, MLSsoccer.com Isn't it weird that the MLS doesn't even have, like, an MLS.com website? And they have to go to MLS.com? But it is what it is. Um, but up standings. Give me some standings, please. But yeah, if you go to the Western Conference, you know, you got Seattle, almost perfect. Uh, uh, Seven wins, four ties. SKC with 23 points. LA with 21 points. Colorado with 16. Minnesota, 14. Houston, 14. Sixth place. And we are actually ahead of Portland, who have 13. And RSL have 13. LAFC have 12. San Jose, Dallas, ATX. Have ten and Vancouver has eight. So usually at this, you know, I usually try not to get so excited, you know, given the fact that we are uh, what eleven games in. Um, a lot of like, for example, Colorado only has nine, and they're and they're ahead of us by two points. Um, Rioso Lake has nine as well, and then LAFC and Portland have ten each. So of course, you know, you don't want to. You don't want to carry yourself away, you know, given the fact that, uh, you know, not every team has played every game. And we have maybe one or two games uh, more than some teams. So, obviously, you know, you don't want to think about, you know, obviously, you're not going to sit here and, you know, think worst case scenario. Because worst case scenario, we are literally way out of of this uh, playoff race, of course. But, you know, as of right now, you kind of have to look at the positive side. We are sitting number six. Um we have three wins, three losses, five ties. We have tie- We have too many ties that you know could have been, you know, could have gone either way. But I think most of us could have been wins. Um, and I think that's what we regretted last year. And I think that's what we will regret this year if we continue to play that we are, you know, we're playing. And I think everybody has noticed that. I think Tab Ramos has been the first critic of his own team and uh, and of his own coaching. And, you know, some people were were saying online, like, should we start questioning Tab Ramos? And I think it's too soon for that. 
you know, I I thought about that too. I thought I actually thought about it before I saw this this uh, tweet or whatever that it was uh, about Tab Ramos. Um, and you know, I kind of like some you know before I I kind of do the podcast or like just in life, you know, I think about what I'm gonna say or or you know whatever I'm gonna talk about. And and then like one of the questions that came to my head was like, okay, how how responsible is Tab Ramos for this? Um, I don't know if malfunction is the right word, but the fact that the team is not playing like the full ninety minutes, it's it's kind of frustrating because, you know, like you watch the games and and you see the Dynamo come in and play hard, and like first forty five minutes go by and you're like, man, we got this in the bag. Like, you know, we're beating Portland to zero. We're at home. We're chilling. You know, if we continue like playing the way that we're playing, we can probably score another one. You know, close this close this game out three zero. If you know three one, worst case scenario three two. If you know they get super excited towards the end, but you know we should have this game in the bag. You know we're we're beating Portland. You know we just came back from LAFC. You know got a point from over there. You know, let's get three points at home. You know against one of the one of the toughest rivals in our conference. You know that you know games like this are worth you know six points. What they what they say. And, you know, and then, you know, once we get these three points, we can go to RSL and, and yeah, we can go fight for the three points. And if we get a point, you know, it will be good because, you know, five, five points out of nine, you know, it's, it's a good bargain, you know, thinking about the, you know, when you think about the, the, the teams that we've been playing, you know, LAFC, Portland and RSL, you know, um, given those three matchups in, in one week and eight days, you know, Five points out of nine is great, but then when you have three ties back to back, back to back, and one that could have been a, a win, you know, so easily, but because your players kind of like shut down, you know, at, at halftime, and then same thing with RSL, you just kind of like, I didn't get to watch that one, but you know, not a lot of good things came out of it, you know, like when your goalie is your best player, you know, obviously he's not saying much for your team. So, I thought to myself, you know, I sat back and I started to think, and I was like, "Is it, is it time that we start questioning Tab Ramos? Is it time, like, have we given him enough time to to work with what he has, or is it? Because we, you know, last year I said it, you know, and I repeated it basically every week, and I said, you know, this week or this year for Tab Ramos twenty twenty. Is a trial, not even a trial. It's just like a period of transition. Obviously, you know the whole tournament was weird. You know, obviously COVID happened, and nothing was you know like a regular year of soccer. So it was like a grace period. It was like you know, just take this year. You know, do whatever you want. You know, just kind of get your feet wet, whatever. And then twenty twenty one, that's when we'll like knock it out the park, and that's where we'll, we'll start holding you accountable for you know the decisions that that you are making for the players, because you know technically he brought in players that he wanted in a way. You know maybe obviously he's not getting uh, every player that he wants, but he got a good amount of players, and and this is where you start questioning like you know moves. You start questioning like. Okay, what about Lasseter? 
you know, is he is he is he good enough? You know, because versus RSL, he he could have won the game. He had two open chances that he could have won the game, and he didn't do anything with any of them. So you know, you start questioning things. It's like, okay, he brought in Lasseter. You know, is that Tabram's fault or is that Lasseter's fault? I think the only one that has been working so far that in the beginning it kind of. It was kind of tough for him that, you know, kind of he started very slow was uh, Derek Jones. Derek Jones, I think, has become one of the most reliable players in the midfield for us, uh, in my opinion. And and he started very slow. Like the first couple of games I saw Derek Jones, I was like, oh, Lord, like here comes Derek Jones. You know, he's going to f- fuck it up. And, you know, and here comes the counter, you know. And and then you start like so you obviously question you know Tabram was because you're like okay this guy like he he believed in him and he brought him in so obviously he must be good but like where is he you know where where is he at like where's the good guy you know and same thing with Lasseter like Lasseter though we had like more more time to see him he came in first game scored two goals right off the bat but obviously he was playing with Ellis so obviously he kind of got some help. Um, but, you know, you start questioning the team, you start questioning, like, you know, positions, you start questioning, you know, like, what about Bahamid, who brought him in? Like, we paid 1.1 million for him, like, where is he at? Why is he not playing? Why is Quintero on the bench? Everybody knows that I don't like Quintero as a player. Like, I say that a lot. And, and by me saying that doesn't mean that I'm saying he's not good. He's very good. But I don't think he fits. And I think, obviously, Tab Brown will think the same thing. But when your team is not creating anything, when, when Memo Rodriguez is not alive in this game, like when he is nowhere to be found, when you have nobody... Like the most creative person that we have was Fafa, and he was out versus RSL. Um, but he plays in the wing. He's not like a number 10. You know, Tyler Pasher, he's another wing. He's not a number 10. They're not they're not creative players that make the team play. They they like create chances for themselves in a way. I, I mean, I know Fafa obviously gives passes and stuff like that, and you know I'm I'm diminishing him by what I'm saying, but you know I'm not trying to talk down to, about him. I'm I'm just you know saying that you know most of his opportunities are for himself, not for others in a way. You know, because he's just really fast, or or the opportunities that he does bring for others are like down the flank and then put the ball in for Ruti type thing. But like, where is your your number ten? Where's your number eight? That is the creative guy. And maybe I'm too old school that I still believe in that number ten. And maybe soccer has evolved in a place that number tens are not alive anymore. But you know, Quinteros is that player that makes your team play in a way. Yes, I understand. Maybe last year, uh, even though he was the number one creator of chances in the whole MLS, you know he's a shit defender, and you know maybe he's a little bit too selfish. But I mean, he went in for like ten minutes, and he gave Lasseter like two balls for him to put away, and he couldn't. You know, he made Lasseter play. He made somebody else play. So, I mean, I don't know. I think Lasseter. I mean, Kinderos um, should be on the field. But, well, I think, uh, other than that, I think the only other news that came up were uh, Christian Ramirez has been sold to Aberdeen. So, 
you know, Christian Ramirez, if you're listening, shout out to you. Good luck to you in Scotland. Uh, we wish you all the best. I uh, wish we would have seen more of you, honestly. Um, I don't think you are terrible. Um, so, you know, what, whatever that may be. <laughs> uh, I think, you you know, you have a bright future. So hopefully, you know, you go to Scotland and you kill it. And, and I mean, th- that's that. You know, there's not much to say about that. But um, what else? Um, I mean, that's it, man. Ruti has been a killer, and I appreciate his hustle. I appreciate his humor. I appreciate his um, his balls to go and fight every ball and to position himself in places to he can score or, you know, give passes and stuff like that. So, you know, I think Ruti has been our, our, our main guy, you know. Uh, I don't think a lot of people saw uh, much in him but I think he's shutting a lot of people off he's one of those players that lets the the play the plane do the talking and not you know anything outside the field so I really appreciate the fact that you know he scores goals you know he, he was brought in to score and he scores period that you know like there's not much to it well now you know now we sit back and we 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 see what the hell is gonna happen this Saturday we have we have a, a game against Cincinnati. Um, we go back to full capacity at VVA. So I'm hoping a lot of people are are going to be able to make it. I'll be there at the stadium uh, supporting and doing my job as a reporter. You know, in quotation marks. Um, but we got Cincinnati. At home, and then the week after that, four days later, we got uh, the homies in Seattle and Seattle. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, and then we have Vancouver and then San Jose. And then we come back home at our, uh, versus RSL. So it could be our, our revancha. And then in August, we go to uh, uh, Austin. So hopefully... We'll be able to make it Austin, make it a field trip. You know, if you if you're if you're going to Austin in August, let me know. I w- I really want to go. Hit me up. Uh, let's let's make it a field trip. Let's make let's make it something cool. So, if you go and let me know, we'll go together or something. I don't know. We'll catch a ride with each other. But yeah, man, it's gonna be fun. We're gonna go paint uh, Austin uh, orange. So, I'm excited. But yeah, man, that's another episode of Cuatro Cuadrados. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for uh, sharing and all that stuff. Uh, don't forget to follow uh, on social media, Twitter. Uh, I was going to say Facebook, Instagram, uh, the YouTube channel. Uh, one of my videos got 500 views. I was excited. So hopefully they're not uh, robots. Hopefully they're actual real people. So shout out to the 500 real people that watch my video. Um, and then... Um, what else? Also, uh, if you would like to uh, sponsor the this show, you can do it through Patreon. Don't forget, if you donate, you will you will get shouted out. Your name will be uh, shouted out to the people for the world to see. And then also, if you are if you have a business or are looking or you are looking to sponsor either you know the show or whatever, um, or you know we I am part of a of a, a Sunday league vote league. With Seba, this is like coming out for me. He didn't tell me to say this, but uh, we are building, uh, or you know, he and we, I guess, whatever, you know, the whole community that's a part of the Volk culture over there. Uh, we're trying to build like one of the greatest 
um, leagues, Sunday leagues out there. So if you are interested in that, if you're interested in supporting, you know, by putting your name out there uh, and a good product, I highly recommend for you to hit up Vote League on Instagram and, you know, just explore your opportunities of maybe, you know, being a sponsor of one of the greatest leagues that are that are going to be. I mean, it's already going right now. You can go check it out, Vote League on Instagram, and you'll see all the, all the aesthetics of it. But uh, I think it's going to blow up and it's going to become one of the great, one of the better leagues, if not the best league here in Houston when it comes to soccer. So if you're ready for that, I would say jump on board and help a brother out over there at the Bull League. You know, if not, you can always help our brother out here on the podcast. So thank you, everybody. I'm going to go finish eating these grapes and maybe catch some Netflix or something. Get ready for the game on Saturday, and hopefully you guys see me. Hey, if you see me on Saturday, hit me up, man. I really, I really want to uh, say what's up to all the people. Um, honestly, I know people listen, but I don't know who listens. So, you know, just hit me up. We'll meet up at the stadium. We'll, you know, we'll take pictures and shit like that. Uh, that would be cool. So, uh, yeah, man, cuatro cuatro dos. Don't forget, and I'll see you guys later. See you guys later.